Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. So Aurora and I are here and uh, excited to talk about uh, some recent sports news uh, out there. We're going to get you guys caught up on some various topics uh, that are big issues. If you haven't been hearing about them, um, give you know our perspective, our opinion on them. <clears throat> for those of you who don't know and are not aware, Aurora is the three-year-old dachshund on the cover art of the podcast. She's uh, the inspiration reason for the podcast and us doing this out here. She loves her sports, uh, very excited for it. And uh, with that being said, we'll jump into some topics for today. First off, we talk about the Chicago Bears real quick. Um, so one, there's a lot of a controversy with the team overall right now. So first off is the quarterback situation there. So, you know, they went out and got Andy Dalton in the offseason. They drafted Justin Fields, um, you know, sat there and, and said, hey, Andy Dalton's our guy. Went into the season, Andy Dalton gets hurt. Um, after, uh, after I think I think it was in the third game of the season, Andy Dalton goes out and gets hurt. Justin Fields comes in the game. And fans don't want to look back, right? Now, this in no way was because of Andy Dalton. This, this in no way was something that upset Andy Dalton, like was upsetting. His play was not upsetting to the fans. Like, honestly, it was just the fact of it being Andy Dalton. Uh, this is a guy that plays well. This is a guy that does, you know, things fine for a starting quarterback. Like, he would be a, comp- he would be a complimentary starting quarterback for a good team uh, anywhere. And this Bears team is built to be a a consistent team it's built to out consistency um i don't think i use that word correctly but uh to be more consistent than the team they're playing more consistent than their opponent right that's what they're here to do that's the way they're built that's how they got in the playoffs last year they just didn't make mistakes right uh, and that's all they had to do was just control the amount of stakes um or the amount of mistakes that they make sorry not stakes mistakes um you know, and, and that's that's the big thing here. I think that um, you know, ultimately, ultimately, it it's a frustrating situation, and I understand everyone's frustration with it in Chicago because you've got him, you've got Justin Fields out there now, and you you're losing games now too. And the simple thing is that one, I don't feel bad for you because you wished for this. Chicago Bears fans wished for this. This is what you wanted. However, the the problem is that the problem is that the the fans don't know what's best, okay? And a lot of people are saying like Matt Nagy, is he going to be here? Should he lose his job? That type of thing. Guys, we don't need to pass judgment on this guy like that. He took this team and put him in the playoffs last year. Uh, I don't want to see Chicago end up like Philadelphia where you know, they, they even had a Super Bowl winning coach and they just got rid of him, you know, after a couple years later. I mean, the NFL needs to make sure that their teams and organizations understand that this is not a what have you done for me lately league. Uh, yeah, if you're if you're losing horribly for two or three seasons, if your first year you come in and you, you crap the bed, sure. But you've got coaches out there like Matt Nagy, like Doug Peterson, who come in, do a great job, turn a team around, um, and and start to show some real positives, and then by the next year they're under fire for some reason. And it's like you know this is just something where sometimes just some bad things go your way, and that is the situation that we're in here for the Chicago Bears. They've had some things go wrong their way. I think Andy Dalton would have been a good comparable starter for them 
because this team is not built for Justin Fields' style of play, nor is Justin Fields ready to go out and win you big games. He's just not there yet. Um, so this is something that's that's been a big deal. The other thing that's going on in Chicago is that they're actually going to be moving stadiums fairly soon. Um, they do have a lease out there at Soldier Field, but uh, within the next couple years, they could get out of that lease for minimal money. Um, you know, in terms of like what they would be looking for, uh, you, you know, investing to get out of it. And they're looking to build a new uh, stadium. They bought a bunch of land over at Arlington, Arlington Heights in Illinois. It's about an hour north of the Chicago Bears' current stadium, Soldier Field. Soldier Field has been their home since 1971. Uh, it is a capacity of 61,500 people, which is the lowest in the league uh, by 2,000 people. Uh, it's 2,000 people less than the Arizona Stadium, uh, the State Farm Stadium out there in Arizona for the Cardinals. And, you know, most stadiums, they're looking to try and get to, you know, 70, 75,000 people, something like that when, they, when they're when they built. And, and I think the challenge that I'm having with this is that I don't see you selling out all your games anyway, Chicago Bears. I don't see you selling out all your games anyway. So putting the pressure on people to build a new arena, a new stadium and stuff like that, I just don't understand it all that much. I mean, I get it. It's, it's one of the older ones. But it's classic. It's got nostalgia to it. You know, you don't see the Packers complaining, and the Packers, you know, they've had their stadium for such a long time. Uh, the Dolphins have a fairly small stadium as well. I mean, it, it's just I, I don't understand that. I love the heritage of Soldier Field. I love the um, tradition behind it, and I would really hate to see them leave it. But at some point, this is going to happen. Owners are only caring about the money, and they want to switch it to possibly make more money, which I would argue they probably won't make more. Uh, they're they're not selling out every game as it is, so I don't believe they would be making a ton more money by switching stadiums. Uh, yeah, maybe they'd get a little bit of boost that first season for people wanting to come and see the new stadium, but it would drop back down. Uh, so I, I don't understand that move. But uh, you know, the the land purchased, like I said, is about an hour north. Uh, it was purchased for like 197 million dollars, and they're going to start developing it. And we'll see what ends up happening with that that area. I'm sure there's various incentives other other than you know just money for tickets and things by the owners. I'm sure there's people in the area that are lobbying for them to do it. Um, so yeah, that is that is something that's on the radar just for you guys to be aware of. This is a good sign. They're not going to be leaving Chicago. They're not going to be leaving the state of Illinois. They're they're still going to be staying there. It's not like you know St. Louis leaving for L.A. It's not like the Raiders leaving for Vegas. Like at least it's still going to be their team there. They're still going to be the Chicago Bears. Um, so that's the good thing about this. But it is it is something that, you know, we are sitting there waiting what teams are going to move. You know, the Reds, the Washington football team, they've had a lot of uh, instances where, you know, maybe they're actually going to uh, move into the D.C. area. Maybe they're going to move into Virginia. Like, what's going to happen with them uh, and where they're going to reside? Like, there's there's a lot of teams out there that are speculating it, and most people in Washington and the, the Southern Maryland area want Washington to move. They don't care. They don't care about that team. They don't want them there. They're done with Dan Snyder, and I think a lot of people are anyway. Um, that's a whole other issue um, is the Washington football team right now. And the NFL needs to fix these issues. Um, you know, the whole Washington football team thing, I mean, the fact that Dan Snyder still is the owner of this team and he still runs everything there, I mean, let, let's let's be real here. Just because his wife was put into the, like, CEO or owner position or whatever position that they made up for her, 
that does not mean Daniel Snyder's not making all decisions, okay? They sleep in the same bed when they go to sleep at night, okay? I mean, I don't know what type of weird, crazy person that she is if she sleeps in the same bed. Maybe she doesn't because Dan Snyder's just a bad person, so maybe she would sleep in a, a different place. But, yeah, essentially they still have the same home. So they're talking all the time. He tells her what to do. It's not – this is not something that it's like, oh, yeah, Dan Snyder's not a part of the organization anymore. That's not true. So – that should have been fixed right from the get-go, and they're, you know, people were trying and lobbying to, to get more things uncovered. And it's like, guys, they they've done what they needed to do. It should have been uncovered already. He should have been out of there already. If he's not out of there by now, he's not going to be. Um, so yeah, that's the situation in in Washington with the football team there. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is the other topic we're going to talk about for the NFL before we jump to the NBA. But Deshaun Watson. Uh, we're just going to give you guys an update on his situation. I know we haven't talked about him here on the channel for or on the podcast for a little while now. Um, apparently, the Texans have agreed to terms with Miami um, in some kind of on some kind of deal, right? But Watson has to approve the deal, um, and, and this deal could be you know redacted by the Dolphins at any time or whatever. Um, here, here's the issue that I have with this, and this is the issue I have with the NFL in general right now when it comes to these teams and their makeup and their philosophy. Teams are not willing to give guys a shot. They're not willing to sit by guys. They're not willing, just like Andy Dalton going there, like give Andy Dalton a shot. They didn't. They wanted to just move right on to Justin Fields, okay? Tua last year did not perform his best. He had to be taken out and have Ryan Fitzpatrick go back in because Ryan Fitzpatrick was playing really good all season long last year. And so... When Tua Tungavailoa in Miami is putting up inconsistency, you know, in that season, they went with Ryan Fitzpatrick to finish the year for the most part. Um, yeah, they were they were wobbling back and forth a little bit with their quarterbacks all last year, but for the most part, at the end of the year, they went with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they almost got back into the playoffs after Tua Tungavailoa brought them out of it. So, the thing that I will say here is the league in general needs to understand that. You do not need to give up on a guy so quickly, okay? And sometimes when you give up on guys, it's not because of them. It's because of you. Look at Ryan Tannehill, okay? Look at Carson Wentz from what Carson Wentz has done over the last couple weeks. He looks really good out there in Indianapolis. Is that because he's just playing better? No, it's because the system that was set up for him the players and the talent that was set up for him that he had in Philadelphia last season, every one of their stars were injured. So he had rookies and guys he'd never played with that he was he was trying to go out there and compete with on the field. Of course he's not going to play as well. And yeah, the line was awful. He's getting sacked all the time. Indianapolis has given him some protection, and he's playing better. What's happening to Jalen Hurts right now? Jalen Hurts is getting hurt left and right. He's getting hit over and over and over, and it's hurting the team. Okay, I know I've said hurt enough. I'm going to be done with that, but Jalen Hurts is not going to be able to like miraculously turn this team around from where you think Carson Wentz was. Like Carson Wentz didn't have a chance to get a clean pocket. He didn't have a chance to look down the field and find his receivers. So I don't understand why these NFL teams, I don't understand why you're they're okay with so much investment on risk nowadays. They're they're so okay with it. You know, look at the Kansas City Chiefs. What did they do? They took Patrick Mahomes and they said, okay, we're going to lock him up. We're going to lock him up. We're going to pay him everything we have, and he's going to be our quarterback for the future. 
okay, well, New England didn't do that with Tom Brady because they knew they needed a good team around him. And Patrick Mahomes now has so much percentage of the team's salary cap that you lost some good defensive players this year to free agency because you couldn't pay them. And so when that happens, you're going to end up in a situation that's reversed from anything we've ever seen before. It used to be everybody always talked about, oh, the defense is tired because the offense can't stay on the field. No, the Kansas City Chiefs offense is tired because their defense can't stay on the field. Their defense can't get out there and stay on the field because they're giving up points left and right, field goals and touchdowns within you know, a three-minute drive, two-minute drive during these games. And when the offensive line of the Chiefs comes out there, they're tired, okay? And it doesn't bode well for the team. So what have you done? You've you've completely disregarded the defensive end of the ball to pay your quarterback an absurd amount of money, and you now have set yourself up to not be able to be successful. The only way they could win, be super successful right now, they got to get rid of some of their key players on offense. They would be a better team if they would move, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill or something like that. Uh, you know, they could bring in a wide receiver or two that has some ability and, and you know, get two or three good players on defense brought in for that money. But they're not going to be able to do that because Patrick Mahomes relies on those guys for offense and they want their offense to be stellar, Right. So here, here's the biggest problem that the NFL has when it comes to makeup of team. Quarterbacks are becoming way too much of the focus. Offense is becoming way too much of the focus. Okay, You look at a team like the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills is a great, amazing team right now in the NFL. And the Tennessee Titans, great, amazing team in the NFL right now. And those teams are built on consistency, running the ball, playing defense, grinding it out, they're not chucking the ball, you know, 40 times a game. You know, they're, they're just not doing that. And so the Dallas Cowboys had this same mentality. And what happened last year, their defense was atrocious, okay? They went out, they drafted a couple guys. They have a better defense there this year, but their defense is still giving up a ton of points and a ton of yards. And so the way to beat Dallas, just outscore them. Okay, and so that's the thing with Kansas City, thing with Dallas. Like, there's a lot of teams that are investing so much money in these quarterbacks. You need to be careful of this because you're ruining your franchise for the future. They're all in right now while that quarterback looks so good on that team right now. They don't understand that team is helping that quarterback look so good, too. I don't care how good you are. You go to a team that's a horrible team, they're, you're not going to perform well. You're not going to. When Tom Brady went down to Tampa Bay, he brought a bunch of guys with him. He also had a, a bunch of defensive players coming into that team, and that team really w- built themselves together in the offseason to be good and competitive. Okay, It wasn't like it was the Buccaneers team a couple years ago when Winston was playing awful. So these are things that teams need to understand and learn. You've got to, one, You've got to stick with these quarterbacks that might be struggling a bit. You've got to stick with them and give them a chance, okay? And and that includes veterans that come in, and it includes backup, like rookies that come in, okay? Because I know people are like, oh, Jimmy Garoppolo, his time is, you know, he, he's on a timeline now for, for his death out there in San Francisco because they're going to get rid of him. Why? Why? They've had a successful franchise for multiple years. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good starting quarterback in the league. 
I'm not even a fan of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I'm telling you, he's a good quarterback in the league. He is. So why would they want to move that guy when he's a good, solid starting quarterback? There's plenty of teams in the league that are starving for a good quarterback, and they have one. They got a decent defense, and it's not been that great this year, but good line, good running game. I mean, this is a team that can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. Why would you go out there and try and have Trey Lance come in? You know, and they've done well to not make that transition. Yeah, Trey Lance had to start a game because Garoppolo was hurt, but when Garoppolo's healthy, he's going to come back and he's going to play, and he'll be their starter for the year. And and that's the right decision. And they've, they're they showing that's the right decision. Um, you know, I, I think that they're going to have a really good year as long as they keep Garoppolo as a starter. What happens when you look at teams that have shifted and went with that rookie over a proven veteran? We're not going to talk about teams like the Jaguars. We're not going to talk about teams like the the Jets because those guys were drafted to be the starter. Okay, completely understand. No controversy there. And you know, even Davis Mills out in Houston, like Davis Mills took the number two spot, and when Taylor went out, he was there, and he's taking advantage of his opportunity. Mac Jones beat out Cam Newton in practice. He beat out Cam Newton in the preseason. He just outplayed him. Justin Fields has yet to outplay Andy Dalton. He has yet to do anything better than Andy Dalton um, actually on the field. We don't get to see practices. Matt Nagy gets to see it. So for these NFL teams, the biggest thing I'll tell you that you need to learn moving forward is stick by these guys. Give them a chance, whether it's a veteran, whether it's a rookie. Whoever you go with, you stick with them. Give them the chance to work through and, and learn things and get better because it's a long season. It's 17 games, and you might come out, and that quarterback might be flat the first three, but you can turn things around and have a really good season making in the playoffs, and now because you had a gritty, tough season that your quarterback learned to adverse through the, the challenges of the year, now he's going to be better. But if you just switch quarterbacks on a whim the way that most of these teams are doing, it's not going to bode well for you. Tua Tagovailoa has not played bad. Okay? He's not played bad. We're not a fan of him here on the podcast. We're not. We're not a fan of Justin Hurts on the podcast. But those are what you have right now, and you need to stick by them. Okay, They have not played bad. Okay, They have bad pieces around them. They have issues around them that's hurting them. The Miami defense is not as good as they were last year. The Philadelphia offensive line is, is just as bad as it's always been. And so there's a lot of pressure. He's getting sacked over and over. They can't run the ball. Like, those are recipes to lose games, and that's what's happening here. So stop blaming the quarterbacks and just wanting to jump to a new quarterback. I know everybody likes the flashy new thing, but you have what you have. If you went and bought you know, an old Volkswagen, you, you got an old Volkswagen. You, you don't need to jump into a Ferrari the first time you get it. You know, it's just it, it's just not how it is. Use what you have. Um, so that's the thing I will say for the NFL. But as far as getting back to Deshaun Watson, we do want to cover this real quick. Apparently, like we said, they've agreed to terms with Miami. Miami had might uh, Miami has to pull the trigger on him because they risk another team taking him. Carolina has had some interest things like that. So the Texans. They want to move Watson. They're not going to play him for them um, because they know morally that it's not going to bode well. Um, he has ho- ongoing investigations on him still, and Goodell hasn't placed him on the exempt list. I don't understand why. What's the reason Goodell hasn't put him on the exempt list? Roger Goodell should put this man on the exempt list, not let him play, and, and, and keep teams from moving him around and crap. He shouldn't get what he wants. He's sitting there getting to decide 
whether he where he wants to be traded. Are you kidding me? This is a guy, and I know the jury's still out. I know that nothing's been ruled with him. But if you're convicted of something, if you're alleged with something like this, okay, this is something that be, is a part of a certain lifestyle that you live. This is something that's a part, like if somebody gets caught with drugs in their car and, oh, it was somebody else's, well, it doesn't matter because you were still driving their car or you were still in that car with that person. So you're still around that lifestyle. You put yourself in that situation. That's your choice to do that. And now you're getting you know accused of this thing and that that's your fault. So the thing I'll tell people is, if you live a lifestyle that's not like that, if you live a, a, you know, safe, fully legal lifestyle that's not around drugs and bad people and, you know, sexism and things like that, like if you live a lifestyle away from those things and practice common sense, these types of things typically will not happen to you, okay? Um, so I would say like there's no reason to not have him on the exempt list right now because he's getting to say where he wants to go and he could potentially not just hurt the Texans franchise, which he's hurting right now by not being able to play. He could hurt other teams if he goes there. So the NFL could allow this man to hurt two different franchises at one time right now. And that's not good. I don't like that. So they need to put him on the exempt list. I, I really hate this. And again, for Miami, you need to stick with Tua, man. This is what you decided. You decided to draft him. You need to give him the chance. Let him finish the season. I get it. He's got a whole full season under him. This is his first full season. Yes. See what he has. So far, I would have no reason to sit there and say, oh, we got to trade for someone else. I get it. In the draft, maybe you go out and draft you know, a guy late, late, late in the draft and see if that guy can work out later on just in case Tua, Tua folds. But right now, it hasn't given me the reason to just bail on Tua. And again, we've said it. We don't think he's going to be the franchise moving forward. We don't think he's ready to be a full NFL starter. We don't think he's great to be in that role. But there's no reason to bail on him right now. We will 100% back that. So anyway, we're going to move on from the NFL, talk about the NBA real quick. Um, first off, uh, Kyrie Irving issues. Uh, let's not be confused about this, guys. Kyrie Irving, um, this is not him being admirable or supporting a cause. Okay, this is $17 million that he's getting for sitting on his butt. Okay, um, give you a little bit of background here. Kyrie Irving it has said that he is not against the vaccine, but he is not getting it, which keeps him from playing for the Brooklyn Nets because in New York you can't play games there. And Brooklyn has said, you're not going to play for us if you're only going to play away games. That's not fair and that's not right. So he has decided to sit out the season because of the vaccine, even though he's not against the vaccine. He is against people losing their jobs because they don't get the vaccine. He is against uh, the freedom that he feels people are losing when it comes to that. Okay, one, let's be let's be real about this. Let's, be con let's not be confused. Again, this is not an admirable thing but that he is doing, or he is not supporting a cause by doing this. He is he has $17 million that he's going to make sitting on his butt this year. That money isn't going to be going to charity. That money isn't being spent on an awareness campaign. He could buy national television commercials to talk about this topic. He could buy he could buy events with lobbyists to promote this topic that he thinks is an issue. I understand you having a say, and I'm not saying what way we are when it comes to this topic one way or the other. But I understand if you want to have a say, you want to have freedom of speech, absolutely not a problem with it. But here's the thing. He's keeping himself from even having that. 
This is not him trying to have freedom of speech or have a say. This is someone who is wanting to sit on his butt and make $17 million. He is a he would have a bigger platform to talk about his message if he plays, if he has post-game press conferences, halftime interviews because he played so well. That is what he needs to be doing because he has said he's not against the vaccine. So the only reason we say this is is because he isn't against the vaccine. This is a personal decision for everyone. People have used the term like oppression for this and, and stuff like that. How is that? How is this oppression? Okay, It's a personal choice that everyone has to make. People choose to leave jobs all the time over different things. Disney just relocated an entire department so they wouldn't have to pay severance to them if they decided not to move. Okay? Like, like these things happen all the time, and people don't sit there and talk about that. Okay? Like, that's a much bigger issue because they're trying to get out of paying people severance and stuff like that. Like, Disney is, like, cheating the system. Whereas, for this, the NBA is still, you know, paying these players if they opt out and things like that. They're still allowing them to do whatever, and people who lose their jobs... They're making that choice to lose their job. They're making that choice to leave, okay? And and if they want to pick up another job, they can go find one. They can go find another job. It's it's not like they're sitting there saying, oh, we're going to you know, force you to do this. Like, you have to do it. No, you don't. You have a choice. And, and yeah, it may be a hard choice. And, and in some ways, there may be plenty of people that it's like, oh, well, I have to do this because I have to keep this job. Okay, but that's your choice. That's your mindset. If it's that important to you that you really don't want to do it, then don't. It's completely up to you. Don't lose that job and go find another. There's plenty of places out there that are hiring right now. Plenty of places that are hiring. And you can go find something. So that that's a big thing to me that is being totally misconstrued about this. Kyrie is not doing something admirable here. He's not spending his $17 million that he's sitting on his butt trying to empathize with people who are making no money because of this issue. Um, it is not the same. He's trying to make it sound like the same, but it's not. So that that's the big issue that we have with this. If he was sitting there donating all of his seventeen million dollars to a charity or to a an awareness campaign about people losing their jobs and stuff, absolutely not a problem. I am fine with him doing this, but this is hypocritical, is what it is. So that's the thing that I have a challenge with. It needs to be something that's creating awareness for this, and he's not. It's coming across as he's being a whiny, lazy baby and not doing anything about it so that that's the big thing when it comes to this issue with Kyrie um you know another another one like Ben Simmons this is a ridiculous one as well he's a crybaby and a lazy player too he's he's Kawhi Leonard with no jump shot because Kawhi Leonard wants to rest a bunch of games like this makes no sense for Ben Simmons to be sitting out it's basically a holdout even though they say injured you have a you have a signed commitment both Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons you have a signed commitment okay and don't sign it if you're not willing to fulfill it. I see, I understand when things change. I understand when the pandemic happens. If you're against the vaccine, you don't play because of that. I absolutely understand it. But Kyrie has said he's not against it. So he is choosing to not commit to a contract he signed. And it's it's basically a holdout. And we've said it on the podcast before. We hate holdouts. We don't understand it. You signed a contract. You signed a commitment to that team for, say, three years. After two years, you can't just sit and say, okay, I'm not going to play anymore until you give me an extension. No, no, no. That contract doesn't say they're going to give you an extension. So you signed a contract saying you would play for that team. You signed a contract saying you're committed to them through the length of that deal. 
You can't just up and say that you don't care about it now. That's a signed legal document that you have that you need to commit to. Um, you know, it's basically a holdout, even though they say that Ben Simmons has an injury. He, he, he does, and that's just bullcrap that he's making up. So, again, you have a signed commitment. You're not willing to fulfill it. People have rights. Yes, they do. They have 100% rights. But you signed a contract. You have a right to not sign a contract. And they do. When these players sign a contract and they say, okay, I want a three-year deal and I want to get paid this much for three years, okay, well, if you're not fully committed for those three years and two years down the road you're going to sit there and like whine and cry and complain because you don't have enough money, don't sign a three-year deal. Tell the team you want a two and get into negotiations, like figure it out. After you, like even your rookie deal, the first deal you sign, you need to sign it understanding it is a commitment. You have signed it. You need to fulfill it. I live in a world of business where contracts rule everything. If you do not fulfill the contract to the letter of the contract, you're getting sued. You're not getting money. Like, and, and this is not happening to these people. It's not happening to these professional athletes. It's not happening to any of them, you know. And and I know there was discussions with you know uh, T.J. Watt possibly holding out before the season, all that stuff. But you know what? He did the right thing. He did the right thing. He went up, said, "Hey, I'm ready to play. Put me out there. I need to be with my team." And he did the right thing. You know, there, there's plenty of guys who get upset about money or an issue that's going on or whatever. But you signed a commitment to do this. You signed a commitment, and ultimately the NBA and NFL needs to put a policy in place that if you opt out of a season, if you hold out and you don't play or whatever, you owe the team for that season or games that you hold out for. That's what needs to happen. And so if a guy says, I want to hold out, and he holds out for three games, that's three games going into a season after his contract's expired that he's still held to that contract, and he has to play three regular season games for him. And guess what? People already have their rosters composed by the time the season starts. So if he wants a bunch more money and he leaves the the team after the third game of the season, no one's going to give him max money. And it's going to hurt them from doing it. So that's something that, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. And a player association should be okay with that because you sign a commitment to play for this team for that length of time. Why wouldn't they do that? That's my fix for the NFL. Make your contract say that player, it is based on the amount of games for that season. So if you sign a three-year contract, that is based on the amount of games in that season that they're committed to play for you. I understand if there's an injury. I understand if there's a mental health thing. I understand if there's like a personal reason that the team allows them to not play. Understandable. Not a problem. But if a player is choosing to hold out, and that is what it, that's what the situation is, where they're choosing to hold out, and that's why they're not playing, they need to have to come back after that contract expires and fulfill that commitment still for the contract to be valid. They need that in the contract, in the language, to make sure these players understand that when you sign a contract, you're signing a commitment. It needs to be a big deal. These players are signing contracts all willy-nilly now and just saying, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'll sign this deal. I'll sign this five-year deal. And three years down the road, I can just change it if I want. No, you can't. No, you can't. They may not want to change it. Now, if a team wants to do an extension, if a team wants to change terms on a contract, absolutely not a problem if both parties want to do it. But you sign that commitment, and if one party doesn't want to change on the other one, that commitment is still there. You know, that, that commitment is still there. And so you can't back out of that contract unless you don't want to be paid, 
um, and you, you probably should have to pay back a portion of your salary from that contract or whatever. Like that is the way the real world works. And they're making situations here where players and their contracts and things don't work like the real world. And that's the big challenge that we have here on the podcast. So um, anyway, that's what I would say for the NBA, NFL. That's a way to fix a lot of this stuff. Look at maybe doing that in the future. I doubt they ever will because uh, they're probably not going to listen to this podcast. But that's what I would say. So thank you guys so much for listening. What do you guys think? Let us know in the comments. Uh, you have our Facebook email below. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what we can do to make things entertaining. We're going to be going for, to a Wednesday, Friday um schedule uh moving forward for the nfl season um just the mondays the way it is it, it's just we'd rather wait until monday night finishes and stuff before we cover things so wednesday friday and we're going to get back to less of just covering nfl wrap-ups and news and and talk about some bigger issues and stuff like we did today as well giving our opinions and stuff we're going to get back to a little bit more of that as we move forward but yeah thank you guys so much really appreciate it please like share and subscribe the content out there aurora appreciates all the support every bit of it goes uh will go to help her um in getting more treats for herself and she enjoys those quite a bit so thank you guys so much for listening really appreciate it and we'll talk to you again on friday